Why do Jehovah's Witnesses leave the Watchtower Society? Many ex-Jehovah's Witnesses are disfellowshipped. They can also experience guilt and anger after they leave. Why do they need hope that is only possible when we know the Christ of the Bible? And how can we effectively share God's love and the gospel with them? Join us today as we visit with Melissa Bremer, an ex-Jehovah's Witness that is now a Christian. She'll share her story about leaving the Watchtower Society and help us understand the challenges those who leave experience. She'll also help us learn how we can reach Jehovah's Witnesses and ex-Jehovah's Witnesses for Christ. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and host for today's program. Welcome, Melissa. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Kay. I appreciate it. Melissa, you were born and raised a Jehovah's Witness. Share your story about leaving the Watchtower Society. My mom um, is still a Jehovah's Witness. I was born and raised as a Jehovah's Witness. My mother is still currently a Jehovah's Witness and uh, will be 84 next month. My father was not a a believer. I was one of six children, uh, five older brothers, and then myself. One is still an active um, brother in their congregation. Uh, My family has been touched by, um, you know, brothers being ostracized, um, nieces, um, a niece who had committed suicide. Um, so all those things uh, wrapped up in the life of being born and raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Um, ultimately, what caused me to leave the Jehovah's Witness organization is um, during a time of my baptism. I was asking um, a question based off of the baptismal questions that we are to answer before we can get uh, baptized. And the answer I was told um when I, in my whole honest heart, wanted to know how was I to answer someone at the door uh, when I was to say that Jesus had returned already invisibly in 1914. I desperately wanted um, to see that in Scripture, and I was very firmly told, don't ever question our answers. And so that started my journey of, of wanting a way out. And, and I did leave when I was 18 years old. Um, I was I was disfellowshipped um, by the Jehovah's Witness organization at, at the age of 18 um, because I was pregnant. I was asked to leave the father. I, I said that I would not, and so that um, started the path of my uh, disfellowshipping at the age of 18. So that's my story in short. It's that's great, and there's so much more, but we want to continue talking today. But just answer my question, is your, does your mom talk to you at all? I know when you're disfellowshipped that um, most family members won't talk to their uh, ex-Jehovah's Witness daughter or son, but some do break those rules. What about you? Yes, so my mom has had years of breaking the rules on and off. We have gone through years uh, five plus seven plus years of, of not talking, and then there will be months at a time. There could be weeks at a time. So uh, I have learned to navigate and ride the tide according to whatever current teachings there are or the current tide of guilt that she might uh, be experiencing at the time. So over the years, I've been able to navigate that. Um, currently, right now, uh, we are not speaking, um, and that has been a short stint. Um, only because there was some family uh, medical issues. Um, so 
right now we are at a no talking terms for about a period of a month and a half right now. Well, I would just ask our listeners to keep your mom in prayer because yes, please, you, you, I know, and all who have loved ones in the Watchtower Society want them to question their beliefs that the Watchtower Society is God's organization on earth today and the only one that is true and come to the knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And prayer is so powerful, not because we pray, but because God answers our prayers. And I know our listening audience are prayers. So just wanted to ask that and clarify that. Well, uh, as we talk today mostly about ex-Jehovah's Witnesses, because there's thousands of them out there, uh, but they don't on a regular basis until they've come to know Christ— go into churches very often, and I just want our listeners to understand why. So what does the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society teach about Christianity that keep them away from Christians and Christian congregations? Mm -hmm. So for me, my first fear of not entering a church um, was because I was taught as a child that if I did enter church, Um, that I would either be struck by lightning or consumed by fire. However, I did take that leap of faith. And quite honestly, I did look up and I did look down um, when I walked through the front foyer and realized I was okay and then walked into the next set of doors and, again, realized that they had lied to me. Um, I believe there is some pride and piety um, after you walk away from... um, the Watchtower Society, um, because it's so ingrained in you um, that you are um, one of God's chosen people based off of Isaiah 43.10. They have claimed that scripture as their own, um, where it says, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Um, So I think a little bit of that um, lingers even after you leave because um, you think, well, I once was a chosen one. These, these churches in, in Christianity is, is not. Um, so those would be my two quick answers, mm-hmm. um, or yeah. maybe three that I just gave yeah. as to um, wow. why someone would not enter into a church. Right, because they have downplayed or said so many things against the body of Christ, really, the Christian Correct. congregations. And so... For many reasons, but thank you very much. Uh, that uh, when I always hear Babylon the Great, I always say they think Christian churches are Satan's great organization, which all of that is so false, and they do lie or deceive their members a lot. But thank you for that. That's a that's that's one of the reasons why, as Christians, if we meet an ex Jehovah's Witness, if they tell us they were raised as a Jehovah's Witness. We need to take our little radars up and pray for them and ask the Lord to guide us in how we can make a friend of them uh, and find a way to eventually invite them to our congregation or another congregation. So let's go back. You said you were disfellowshipped. Many Jehovah's Witnesses uh, and many ex-Jehovah's Witnesses were disfellowshipped. Let's talk for a minute about what that means for you as the either the Jehovah's Witness that was just disfellowshipped and want to want to go back and get mm-hmm. in in good uh, standing with the Watchtower Society, so you can go to the Kingdom Hall and not be shunned, 
uh, but also for the families. Tell us a little bit more about what it means to be disfellowshipped. So to be disfellowshipped, um, when I look look back at it, um, realizing a lot of it has to do with behavior modification. If, if your behavior, um, if you're not willing to modify your behavior according um, to, quote, what they would say Bible standards, you're going to get disfellowshipped, and they will put you on a path of, of reproof. And part of that is still attending those weekly um, meetings at the Kingdom Hall. And it's very hard to sit um, in a building with people in the back row and whispers and looks at you, uh, not only just once a week, but several times a week, because we know their meetings are held um, more than once, one time a week. And so to even have your mother or your brother not talk to you um, it is very, very challenging. Um, immediately, you have loss of family and loss of friends and loss of all the social aspects of your life that you were once doing and familiar with. And you're not invited then to the after, you know, Perkins breakfast on a Sunday or the Thursday night evening pizza gathering. Um, That's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And so when you um, are constantly, like I said, more than once a week dealing with uh, self-rejection and, and you're striving because you're meeting their goals, you're striving to meet um, the need for approval. Um, it's a whirlwind that can take years and years and years to get out of. And still, as we know, the enemy will bring those things um, back up again just to see where you're really at with it. Um, so that's what disfellowshipping looks like at the very, very onset mm-hmm. of, of, of that. And, and the guilt um, that you carry, um, is just a heavy weight yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I, I just recently did a video, uh, that's going to be produced soon, uh, on witnessing to Jehovah's Witnesses as well. And I sat next to an, uh, a pastor who used to be an ex Jehovah's Witnesses. That, that was pretty cool. But he mentioned during the, uh, panel discussion that his mom and dad never talked to him, but they will talk to his wife because she wasn't an ex-witness. So what I say about disfellowshipping is the Watchtower Society is, you know, just destroying the family. I mean, you can't, even if you, they do talk to you, it's a strained relationship. It's a difficult relationship. And it isn't just family. It's also friends that are in the Watchtower. And they want you only to have, when you're active in Jehovah's Witnesses, they want you only to have Jehovah's Witness friends. Is that not correct? correct? So is- you've lost every friend you have. They won't talk to you anymore. Uh, I, I had a, a friend who was a witness, and she'd said, I saw this disfellowshipped uh, person at Steak and Shake, and no one would talk to her. And, and she was a, an active witness, but she thought that was so unloving, and she told me about it. So it's very difficult and uh, sad. And again, I want our listeners to understand what an ex-Jehovah's Witness goes through. Now, you mentioned guilt. Tell us why so many ex-Jehovah's Witnesses that do leave carry guilt. We do. And for me, I've been able to narrow it down to two different forms um, in my life. 
uh, guilt for me was a just a constant in in my life for many many years, and one of them is you you have the guilt of leaving the the organization that you were once baptized into that you made a commitment to, right? So now you you feel guilty because you you broke that that loyalty, you broke the the loyalty to man to people to an organization. And, and that turns into such great shame. Um, you're breaking a, like I said, a commitment. Um, even though we know now as ex-Jehovah's Witnesses that we, we believed in a false Jehovah, a, fo- a false God, a false creator, but yet at the time you carry that guilt of breaking a commitment to God. You entered into something, uh, a covenant, and, and you are now breaking it. There is great, great uh, guilt in that. And it isn't until you realize the falsehood of it that, and and you agree that this was a falsehood that you entered into is when you can begin to break through and have it be, you know, broken from that bondage and walk in a liberty of of truth of that um, and, and that guilt being, being broken. I'll never forget. I was headed to, uh, my brother's house during the time of my niece's funeral and um, the guilt that I was carrying because I, out of everyone of probably surrounded by 50 people, was the disfellowshipped one. And how in the world was I going to be able to to not only mourn my niece, but be in this environment? And on, on the drive there, the Lord spoke to my spirit, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. Now, that had a twofold effect for me because I was actually going to deal with a physical death and loss of someone, but it was the spiritually dead. And, mm-hmm. and I was immediately, from that day, changed when, that, when God spoke His Word to me. Okay. And, and over the years, I've been able to free myself of that guilt um, based off of the Scripture that we know of where where Jesus is saying, don't throw your pearls to pigs, mm-hmm. to swine. Mm-hmm. So that's one area uh, of guilt that I've been able to you know, free myself from. The other one um, for me is sin guilt. Um, I was disfellowshipped because I did get pregnant when I was 18. And there comes this um, you know, time and place where you, have to con- you do have to confront that. And I do believe that um, guilt to a degree is okay because you are coming to a place of acknowledging that you knowingly committed an offense. You did something wrong and you know it. Mm -hmm. And it makes us aware. It makes us conscious of the choices that we've made. And it challenges us to really look at at what we did or what we're about to do um, and asking ourselves, is this ethical? Should I be doing this? And I think the thing with um, being a Jehovah's Witness is, as a Jehovah's Witness, you never are able to absolve or be set free from that obligation or the consequences of guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, you're given, I guess I could boil it down to two options, there's probably more, but um, the quick paths are you go before a judicial commu- uh, committee, uh, which is a body of elders at your local kingdom hall, where your future is decided for you. Um, one is a path of works, like I said earlier, you attend the meetings while um, 
for however long they determine based on the sin that you committed, um, and work your way back into good standing mm-hmm. is what it's referred to. Yeah. I need to go ahead and share some announcements. Oh, Family Shield Ministries is composed of Christians who care about families and the gospel, transforming lives now and for eternity. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 radio stations throughout the United States and on many podcast platforms. We also coordinate educational and outreach services that serve individuals and their families. One of them is our counter cult ministry. Thanks for listening. This week, we're giving away several tracks that will help you, the listener, witness to Jehovah's Witnesses and our booklet, Sharing Your Faith in Daily Life. To receive these resources, call the Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email witness2family at gmail.com. You can also purchase my book, Mission Field on Our Doorstep, Jehovah's Witnesses, on the Family Shield website at www.familyshieldministries.org. Your prayers and support allow Family Shield to continue to reach and equip individuals and their families for Christ. Your support makes our work in the ripe and plentiful harvest possible. Thank you. Now I want to go back to our guest, Melissa Bremer. She's a former Jehovah's Witness and is telling us a little bit about her story and also answering some of our questions. Uh, Melissa, is if any of our listeners want to get in contact with you, is there uh, someplace that they can call, email, or contact you? And then we will also refer anyone that lets us know they want to contact you. Yes, I do have an email account, Melissa. Bramer, which is B-R-A-M-E-R dot info at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook. Um, I do have a Facebook page, Genesis 50, and you can message me also through through Facebook Messenger as well. Great. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you were talking a little bit about guilt, and, and I guess I was thinking, but I know you were coming from the aspect of being a, a Jehovah's Witness, but I was thinking God's Word says... He washes our sins away so far from the east to the west that he do, God doesn't remember them anymore. Once we confess that we have sinned, it's not a process. Okay, God, now you're going. I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to say I'm sorry fifty times, and then you're going to forgive me. Once we truly confess that we are sorry. God forgives our sins and washes them away. And he doesn't want us to bring them up again because he's forgotten them. He's going, what? What are you talking about? I already forgave that sin. But I know you were talking from being a Jehovah's Witness. Anything else about guilt before we talk just briefly about anger because our time is going by very quickly? Yes. Well, I I, I 100% agree with what you're saying, and and that is not taught as a Jehovah's Witness. So it isn't until later on that you release that guilt because you you come across that truth of God's Word. What happened for me with my disfellowshipping is when I said I was sorry for what I did, I was told my sorry wasn't good enough, and it needed to be followed up with work. Mm. So it isn't until you come face-to-face with God where you do admit you're wrong. You do confess it. You do repent. And he is faithful and just to forgive us of those. And ultimately what happens 
is there's the legalistic side and the position that the Jehovah's Witness organization takes, and they deny the grace, and they deny Christ's sacrifice for our sins. Mm -hmm. And so it takes years, unless we're getting into the Word of God or even opening our hearts up to hear um, how others have been able to come come through that guilt. Um, We don't realize those things, and so we stick we stay stagnant mm-hmm. in the lie that we were told that right. our sorry isn't good enough. Right. And that's what a lot of ex Jehovah's Witnesses out there are dealing with. They haven't come into a relationship with Christ. They haven't maybe even opened the Bible up. I want to move on, though, because I I hope we have time to share a little bit about how we share our faith with them. But I wanted to ask you about why many ex-witnesses are angry. What are they angry about? They're angry because they've been betrayed at the deepest level. They've been lied to. They've been duped. Trust is broken by those closest to you, your mother, your father, you don't have any good pieces to pick up once you see all the shards of glass on the ground. You don't want to get cut again. So you leave bitter and you leave angry. Mm-hmm. That's sad. That's so sad. And many of them stay that way. I mean, yes. uh, they, again, Christians need to build a relationship, uh, whether you know they're an ex-Jehovah's Witness or not. But at some point, if you know them well enough, they might tell you that and uh and build a relationship so that you can not just invite them to church, but share Christ with them so that they yes. know. Uh, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, and I've said this a lot on the program, other programs that we've done. By the way, we have hundreds of other programs that we could share with our listeners. Uh, they teach a false Christ and a false gospel. Bottom line, simplest way to say it, and there's a lot more to that. We're not dealing with as much theological things today, but trying to help our listeners understand what an ex-Jehovah's Witness is feeling and the heartache and the problems that they deal with. and But we do want to talk about sharing the gospel with them. So you said something to me that I, I, I thought was profound, and I, I again, I think it would help our listeners. You said that as a child in the Watchtower Society, your leaders told you that no Christian would ever like you or care for you. None of them would want to be your friend or just want to hang out with you. How did this make you feel? And how, knowing that, can we uh, uh, make a friend of a Jehovah's Witness or an ex-Jehovah's Witness? I think if we're aware of, 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 like what I stated, no one will ever like you, no one will ever listen to you, no one will ever get you, no one will ever want to hang out with you. Those are hurtful words. So you already stand thinking that the person at your door um, doesn't like you, right? So this is why it's so important to shed the light on the lens of what is really going on in the mind of a Jehovah's Witness at your door. And this is why when we kind of say quick and in short, share your faith, what we're, I guess what I'm really trying to say is listen, engage them in a different way. If you're gardening out in the yard and they approach you, hey, say, do you like gardening? Do you garden in your home? Start with the simple and basics, no different than your next door neighbor. Hey, how's it going today? How was work today? Do you work? Where do you work? Very, very basic. Once we begin to know what's going on in the mind of an active Jehovah's Witness and all the hurts and judgments and condemnation 
that they're under and that they're an outcast outside and even inside the organization, it helps us better understand how we can reach them. You bet. You bet. So ask good questions. Build a relationship first uh, to get acquainted, to get to know them, because that's going to help you uh, as you do find opportunities to witness. The more you know, the better, really. Uh, What else do you recommend to uh, people about how we witness to them? I think when we I think when we all get worried and maybe tongue-tied about the theological issues, I always like to say, ask your questions and say, can you come back next week and we can discuss that? And then go inside and grab a notebook and write those questions down for the following week. You have a full week to pray, seek God, seek His Word, seek out godly counsel to the topic that you asked a question about. What is it that you believe about Mm-hmm. The hundred and forty-four thousand. What is it that you believe about? Ask it, write it down, and say to them, "You'll be prepared next week because I want to talk about it with you, and I'll be prepared." Don't stress yourself out that you have to have that full answer in that minute and a half or that five minutes. Don't don't debate. Yes, we are to come with shoes of peace and stand and give an answer for what the truth of God's Word is, but allow yourself the grace that God gives us to write those questions down and come back and answer them with the Holy Spirit guiding you in your answer the Mm -hmm. following week. Good, good. We have less than two minutes left. Uh, Any real quick closing thoughts? One thing I like to close with when I get the opportunity to share is Um, The next time that you have a Jehovah's Witness at your door, when you look at them, see me. Mm, Or in this case, when you look at them, hear me. There is a heart there. There is a mind there that is desperate for the truth of God's Word. Take your time. Be patient. Be loving. And always wear your shoes of peace Mm. when giving the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how we reach the one at our door. Yeah, the one. And again, to to make sure you don't try to rush through. No. Uh, because you, we know a whole, probably know a whole lot we want to share. One of the things that I've learned along the years is ask good questions to make them think. But don't try to teach them because they usually run then. They have an appointment, and I'm out of time here. They have an appointment down the road if you're trying to tell them everything. But if you use it as a question that makes them think, just say, you know, I don't understand what you believe about Jesus. Would you explain it to me? And then do your research for that next time they come back. Our time is up. My guest has been Melissa Bremer. She's an ex-Jehovah's Witness, now, of course, a committed Christian for, and a believer in Jesus. And we're so thankful for her advice. Thanks for listening. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in his word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com.
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.